Hello, how are you? Good day. It's Aiden Jones here. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 1st of November, 2022. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good, I guess. I guess I'm feeling busy, man. And actually, you know what? A little bit stressed. Oh, let's have a sip of this. This is when you need the tea. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, damn, baby. Yeah, man. It's, um, how are you guys? Are you doing okay? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling stressed on my behalf, maybe? Maybe all week you've been walking around going, you know what? I hope Aiden's okay. (laughs) I've got stuff going on in my life, but you know what? More important than that, let's take a moment to think about Aiden and how he's doing and all the stuff that he's got on his plate, you know? Most of it, he's put there himself. He sees his plate, he loads it up, and then he goes, you know what? Let's put a bit fucking more on there. And I just want to think about him for a bit. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been thinking, maybe you haven't. And if you haven't, let's, you know, why not? Because I do, I got a lot going on, man. Think about it. <laughs> no, I hope you're doing good. I hope you're. Um, I hope you're dealing with your shit. I hope you're not. St- I hope you are, you you have some stuff in your life that's making you want to get stressed, but you're in a position with yourself where you're able to look at that and go, you know what? I am enough. I can deal with this. I can I can scramble up the fucking loose rocks of this mountain of shit. And what the fuck am I talking about? I'm I'm stressed because I put my crowdfunding campaign up for my Edinburgh Fringe documentary. I'm singing because I'm stressed. <laughs> um let me throw some figures at you. So the um the four thousand is the goal, the target, and it's an all or nothing campaign, which means that if I don't reach the goal, I don't get any of the money that people pledge. So, um, I oh how crazy is this man? This is actually really fun. I'm so fucking broke. I'm I've not been this broke in a few years since the pandemic. Since the fucking warm embrace of that government, I remember that. That was fucking awesome, wasn't it? All that cash. So, this is how broke I am. I have a uh, ING bank account, which if you, it, it has the best interest rates possible if you meet these conditions each month. So the conditions are: you make five card purchases from your ING accounts in a month, which I easily do. You deposit $1,000 from an external source into your ING every month. That I do as well. And then the last one is you grow this savings account. So you designate one of the accounts to be the high interest account and you got to grow that account each month. So last month, my uh, account at the start of the month had like my savings account <laughs> had like 340 bucks in it. 
and yesterday was the end of the month, obviously, and so I was like, okay, how much has it got in it? And it had zero in it because I took it all out to pay for various things. So I was like, can I move some money around to just chuck it all the money that I have in there so that it grows for the month so that I get my higher interest rate for the next month, even though I've got fuck all money to get interest on, so it's not going to do that much. It's just nice to have it. And I looked in all of my other accounts, business, my other personal account, everything, and found that, no, <laughs> I do not have $340 in the world, in the whole world. There's not 340 Australian dollars that I can call my own. Fuck. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not crazy. It's, it's actually pretty believable. <laughs> Which is why I'm doing this crowdfund. Anyway, obviously with the crowdfunder, because it's all or nothing, at the end of the month, or the it stops on the 21st of November. It's gone for three weeks. And at the end of that period, if I'm a bit short, I will absolutely be just putting some of my own money in there because I'm getting paid today and I'll have whatever. I'm always, I always have this thing in my head where I'm like, my next paycheck is the last time that I will ever worry about money. I'm so just uh, like absurdly optimistic about money. I'm like, yeah, I'm broke now and I've been broke for most of my adult life, but you know what? Pretty soon, <laughs> that's all going to change. <laughs> what makes you think that, Aiden? Um, you know, just like I've got a bit of cash coming in and... <laughs> And I I can't think right now of where I might spend it. <laughs> it's the same with like clothes, you know? Like I have this thing where I'm always like, I bought a pair of pants. Sorry, I bought a pair of pants. So that's me done with pants. So next time I have to buy pants, I'm like, what the fuck? I already bought pants. <laughs> like just completely ignoring the fact of like pants deteriorating over time and getting holes in them and or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this again. <laughs> That's me with money too. It's like, <laughs> I get like a thousand bucks and I'm like, sick. In three weeks time, I'll still have a thousand bucks. Like it's a fucking, like it's some item, like it's a book or something that someone gave me that I just sits on a bookshelf but the reality is that the book, which is money, gets gnawed away at by little roaches and fucking rats and me buying coffee, buying crap all the time, riding public transport, hiring cars to drive around regional New South Wales and Victoria. Fucking fuck. Money's fucking bullshit, man. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, this crowdfunding campaign is stressing me out, you know, because I want people to donate to it. And they are. If, you, if you've donated already, thank you. If you looked at it and you're thinking about donating, if you've got the money, please do. Um, whatever. I don't want this to be a fucking advert. But um, I've had a good week. I've, had, I've spent the week basically kind of doing research on crowdfunding, talking to some other people who I know who have done crowdfunding campaigns in the past, and just putting this thing together, getting some uh, rewards. Oh, and um, 
yeah, just kind of trying to make sure that it's going to be a good, a successful thing, you know? <sighs> I, I, um, yeah, I spoke to, <coughs> I spoke to this guy, uh, Simon Palomares, which I say is, na- I guess, I guess Australians say his name, Simon Palomares, uh, mid Spanish. And, uh, I got fun of saying his name like that. I got fun. I got made fun of, I got roasted. I got spit roasted. I got, I had two men had sex with me because I pronounced this guy's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a funny person, wouldn't it? You know, we always say like if you got if your friends make fun of you, they're roasting you. But like, if someone just if someone thought that was spit roasted, <laughs> like, man, I fucking, you know, I thought my the shirt I got this new shirt and I thought it was really cool, but then I got to the bar and all my friends saw it and they spit roasted me about my shirt. That all my friends saw my shirt and they just started spit roasting me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you mean roasted? No, they spit roasted me. What? I mean, same thing. Whatever. I don't know. Just, yeah, I wore the wrong shirt and all my friends, would, they just spent the whole night spit roasting me because I just wore this shirt. And so, you know, now my asshole's really sore. That's unrelated. I just, we, you know, we I had a big dinner. And the whole time we were eating, my friends were just spit roasting me. <laughs> I don't know. This bit's not going anywhere else, is it? I'm looking for another. I'm looking for the next thing, and it's not really going anywhere. Sore butt, Indian food. You know, uh, my friends spit roasted me. Um, uh, maybe all of my friends are women, and they would do a straight. No, that's not that funny. What's funny? What's funny about that, Aiden? There's no other angle for this bit, is there? You know what? It's because I'm doing an open mic tonight, and I want to do all new stuff, and I haven't written anything new. Oh, no, that's not true. I did write something new. Let me try this idea. I promise I'll talk to you about my week. Like you're... No, Aiden, please. We want to hear about your week. <laughs> oh, this was funny. I was walking down the street the other day and saw in a chemist a sign that said, nine out of 10 women with breast cancer don't have a family history. And I was like, oh, isn't that so sad? Like they've got breast cancer and also they, they don't know their parents. <laughs> They're orphans. How sad is that? Nine out of ten women with breast cancer are also orphans. <laughs> I don't know that that is that funny now that I say it out loud again, but you know what? I'm saying it on stage tonight. I'm saying it on stage tonight. I will. Because i got nothing else to say. Obviously, it means that they don't have a family history of breast cancer, but it didn't fucking say that in the sign. It did not say that. I've had a great week. I've had a great week. Yesterday, drove with uh, uh, with um, not my girlfriend, with this girl who is not my girlfriend. That's the joke I'm making about it because we keep talking about that, but we're dancing around the topic of like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? But she's moving back home to the UK in December. Not home, but near. She's Irish. She would hate the idea of being from the UK. Anyway, she's moving to the UK in December and we're talking about, is it going to be possible for us to keep doing this? And the more and more we talk about it, the more it's kind of becoming clear that it's probably not possible. 
either of our lives and so the relationship is going to end it's very sad um i'm sad about it i'm trying to let myself be sad yesterday we drove back from griffith and at one point she started crying about that and we talked about it and it's really sad it is fuck maybe that's what i'm stressed about could that be what i'm stressed about and this crowdfunding campaign just doesn't matter i don't know no i don't think i think i am stressed about Asking friends and peers and and people who like my work to give me money. I am stressed about that. But, yeah, we were driving home from Griffith and we're talking about that. But, I mean, outside of that conversation, we just had so much fun, man. It was so sick. I kept, um, <laughs> I kept like, every time a car would go past us because, I mean, I'm driving manual, which I don't, I've not really driven manual that much before, but I'm kind of learning, feeling pretty confident with it now, but still like, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to go at the speed limit rather than go too fast because I know if I get pulled over in a manual car, I don't have a license for a manual, so whatever, but so I'm driving and uh, every time a car passes us on the highway, I'm just like letting myself get really angry, I'm just like, you fucking cunt piece of shit. As they go past, she's just looking at me like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I can tell, even though she knows that I'm doing it on purpose, it still stresses her out to like hear me get angry like that. Um, and for some reason, that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah cars are going past us we're mid-conversation i just stop to look at the car and be like you fucking piece of shit worthless scum fuck you <laughs> it's like do we really need to do that <laughs> i'm a nightmare aren't i i'm a fucking don't give me money why would you do that What else were we doing? What were some of the other bits that we were doing? Oh, man, this was so funny. So, like, we, um, so I spent the week, uh, I drove up with her and then I hired a car. Um, how funny is this, by the way? Right now, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm standing up and scratching my butt because I'm still fucking itchy, even though I took those, I took three scabies treatments and it hasn't fucking done shit. So I don't think I have scabies, so you can relax. I think I got some other shit. Anyway, fuck, that's... A, I don't even know if I want to talk about that today because it's so fucked and infuriating. Whatever. Um, I drove up with her on, uh, yeah, like Sunday, Monday. Did the podcast Monday night in the um, accommodation that we were sharing there that she gets for free, free with her work. And then... Tuesday, hired a car, drove town to Bendigo, did a bunch of work <sighs> for my day job and did all of this um, research on the crowdfunding campaign. Spoke to Simon, that's what I was going to say, Simon Palomares, man, um, he did crowdfunding for a uh, film that he produced about the Cuban stand-up scene, like in Cuba. It was so fucking awesome. Me and him just spoke for like an hour on um, like a video call, which was really cool, talking to him about that and about the film and just about comedy and stuff in general. He's, um, if you don't know Simon, he was in uh, 
a few like I think TV shows like Wogs Out of Work in the nineties. Um, I can't remember the name of the other thing, but anyway, he was in some like he was in on TV and in some big kind of um, live shows that would tour around the country. Um, very like big stuff in the nineties, and um, he's always done stand up before then, since then, and everything. So he still just like does you know works around the globe and um it's working for what did he say he was working for just for laughs in montreal because they're doing spanish stand-up now so he's like going around and scouting or whatever he's fucking and just like a lovely dude has a lot of time for um newer acts like myself and so we talked for like an hour and we talked about stand-up generally and the career and the kind of arc and what's it like to be a stand-up at his age because he's nearly 60. And that was awesome. Um, and then he gave me the link to watch his doco because it's been in a bunch of short film festivals and like won some awards and stuff. And uh, I don't think it's had... Uh, it's been in cinemas in Australia, which is amazing. It had like a big theatrical release but i don't i still i don't think it's like i mean it's not on youtube or anything like that but he gave me the link to watch it on vimeo and i watched it with my mate in bendigo who let me stay at his house um we just like pitched up in the evening and watched this documentary and it was so cool man it was awesome the cuban comedy scene and how cuba has been through so much hardship since the end of the cold war they were getting propped up like their society was getting a lot of help from the soviet republics and then when the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union collapsed, Cuba was just kind of high and dry. So the 90s for Cuba was fucked up. They were so poor. One of the guys was talking about for a week, he lived off just sugar stirred into water. And that was like your life. And so this comedy scene has, I guess, grown up and matured in a society where everyone is so dirt poor and it's completely sealed off from the world. Like the internet didn't even come to Cuba really until like in the last five years or so. Um, and the, all of these comedians were just saying like Cubans, you know, we've been through a lot and we can handle pain. So we like to laugh at the darkest shit. Um, it was really cool, man. It was the coolest documentary. And they were just showing them stuff from like, they showed a bunch of these comedians watching Nanette. And they talked about that and I, there's, they talked about women in comedy in Cuba and the differences in that compared to what it's like in the rest of the world. And this is a country that's just like emerging from its past and into the rest of the world, like pretty much now. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't know. if I, It's, fuck, what's the documentary called? Why was it called? Let's have a look. Simon... Palomares Cuba documentary. Was it called that? Latigo. That's right. It's called Latigo. Which, fuck, what does that mean? I can't remember. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Google. What does Latigo mean in Spanish? Latigo means whip in Spanish. That's right. It's a whip. Yeah, it was great. I don't know if it's up anywhere, but search Latigo, Simon Palomares, and uh, have a look and see if you can find anywhere to watch that. Play audio. Comedian filmmaker Latigo, Spanish Film Festival. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's online, but if it's online anywhere, I'm sure you'll be able to find it if it is. Um, 
it was really fucking cool, man. <clears throat> so that was my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, doing some day job stuff. Uh, Watch that, hanging out in Bendigo. Went did a show on Thursday night. Great show. Um, it was awesome because I wasn't planning on doing any stand-up in the week, which is a kind of a weird thing for me. I got to the end of this week and I guess I feel a little bit agitated as well because I feel like I've, I have this guilt about not doing stand-up. Like, I just have never really taken time off or time out to do other projects before. It's always been stand-up and... Um, but I, I knew I needed to really focus on the documentary, focus on getting the trailer up, focus on, um, focus on, um, yeah, just like getting this crowdfunding thing moving if I want it to come out by December. So I was, and like also I just, I wanted to hang out with this girl and um, yeah, I wasn't going to be in Melbourne. I just, that was the plan this week. I wasn't going to be in Melbourne and it wasn't a week focused on stand up. So... I wasn't planning on doing any, but then a, a spot popped up at a show on Thursday and Bendigo got to go and do that and um, not ju- not really try some new stuff, but just fuck around and, and have fun. Then Friday, <clears throat> went and saw my cousin's, oh man, my cousin and his kids and his wife, fuck, they rock, they're the coolest family. They're building a house. Um, on the kind of outskirts of Bendigo. They've been building that. I went there last year and checked out the house. Went there this year. Everything's almost done. They're hopefully going to be in by Christmas. His kids are five and three. They're so dope, these kids, man. They've grown, like, you know. they're bo- It's just like it's been a year since I was there, so they're just older. The little one's talking now, um, like really talking. She seems more confident. The older one is it's just a lunatic. He's only getting... <laughs> he's just got more and more energy. Um, and he's funny, man. He likes being funny. He likes making jokes. It was interesting to see, like, about guys, you know, because, like, I mean, I'm not around a lot of kids, so I don't know, but, like, this little boy, I was saying at one point to him, like, man, you're, you're really smart. You're going to be smart. And he was like, no, I'm not. Like he didn't want to be smart. I was talking with the, uh, I was talking with not my girlfriend about, <laughs> about, um, she's always like, man, I just, I, I, I like, how did she describe it? She was like, I feel so sorry for like teenage boys walking the dog. She's like, when I see a teenage boy out walking the dog, I just want to be like, what is he thinking? Like, what is he feeling? Does he even know what he's feeling? And it's true, man. Like, being a teenage boy, you have all these feelings and you don't know how to communicate them because no one teaches you how or even to know that you can or what the fuck a feeling is. You just... That's why I used to fucking smash windows and kick the side mirrors off of parked cars and light fires and shit because no one taught me, like, hey, man, sometimes you're going to feel stuff. And that's all right. (laughs) Sometimes you're going to just feel inexplicably angry or sad or like you just don't like anyone or yourself or maybe you do and you'll be really frustrated because you do, you like someone and you don't know what that is or how to say it. And, um, you know, instead of trying to 
think about those things and deal with them, I would just fucking break stuff or yell at people or whatever the four drink, you know? I was thinking about that and even like, yeah, I don't know. There's just this idea, me and her were talking about the ideas around masculinity and what is, like I guess it seems kind of trite now as a 31-year-old man, like I can, I'm fully able to take responsibility for my decisions, my thoughts, my actions, all this stuff. And so if I think something dumb, it's not like, oh, the world's... No, it's like I should be examining that and thinking about it and thinking about where it comes from and taking ownership of the thoughts and the things that I believe. So it seems kind of trite now to go, what ideas are we presenting to men? Because I think about myself and I go, well, fucking if ideas are being presented to me, I can choose whether to accept or reject them. But it's not trite when you think about like young boys... And they've given ideas and they don't really have the confidence and like, you know, the whatever it takes to know that they can like examine the things that are coming in towards them, the ideas and the thoughts and whatever. They can examine those and and, and choose to accept or reject them. So they're just taking whatever comes in. So if people around them are giving them the idea that to be a man, you have to be strong and you, you know, like physically strong and you can't, like being smart isn't a priority or being emotionally intelligent isn't a priority. They're not going to go, oh, I wonder why that is. They're not going to think critically about that stuff. They're just going to go, right, that's the gospel. And um, it just, it, like it, it must start so young and it must be so hard because I was saying to my cousin's little boy, you know, like you're smart. And he was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, Wow. Like he already, that's like an area of him that he's not, maybe I'm thinking about this too much. He's just a fucking kid, <laughs> but it really felt like he was like, he, he didn't want to be smart. He wanted to be tough, you know, because when I was like, you're tough, he'd be like, Arr! and when I was like, you're smart, he'd be like, no. <laughs> so I kept telling him he was smart. <laughs> I was like, you are smart. You're super smart. You're so smart. You're smarter than everyone. He was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, man. It was so great to hang out with them. Friday nights, they're like, you know, family movie night. So they invited me to join and we sat there and watched a movie and it was just delightful. And uh, Saturday, woke up at 4 a.m., jumped in the car, drove back up to Griffith. Beautiful drive. Loved it. Um, got back up there and yeah, just hung out with uh, not my girlfriend for um, for the next couple of days. And I got back to that room and like you saw where I was doing the podcast or you heard where I was doing the podcast last week that I had to speak quietly. Um, and the reason for that was because I guess she wasn't supposed to have people in the room and someone, another guy brought like his family up, like who was working at the same place as her, <clears throat> brought his family up thinking that it would be cool and they ended up making him like pay for the extra room and whatever, which is just insane, whatever. It's so fucking stupid, but them's the rules. And so every time we would get back to the accommodation, I'd be talking normally um, or for me normally, which is like most people's screaming, I reckon, because I get excited. 
And we would be like walking up to the accommodation and she'd be like, now Aiden, is that an inside voice? (laughs) And it just, being told to use your inside voice. I mean, I've been told my whole life to be quiet, that I needed, that my voice is too loud. And it just takes me back to those moments, man. And so as much as I, you know, respect her and I'm grateful for her letting me stay in the place that she was given and to like risk that and break the rules and all those things and understand why I need to be quiet. Fuck, I just resent being told to be quiet so much. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) <laughs> and then we started joking about like, um, you know, like I would drop something on the floor and she would be like, Aiden, is that an inside drop? <laughs> is that inside or is that outside dropping? And I'm like, that was outside dropping. <laughs> and I can't believe we were whispering the whole time. And then hilariously, as soon as we got in the car to drive away and we were gone from the accommodation... She was like apologizing for telling me to shut up the whole weekend. She was like, I can't believe all weekend you've had me in your face telling you to, to whisper, making you whisper. I'm such a fucking, she's so hard on herself. She's like, I'm such a fucking, oh my God, I'm a lunatic. I'm only after being a lunatic. Great week. Great week, man. I'm back here in Melbourne now. We had our little cry yesterday. Um, what was the thing that I was going to talk about? No. Oh, mate. Yesterday, this will be the... Um, what's the what's the title for this week's podcast now? Inside Voices. That's a good title. Inside Voices. Yeah, man. Or maybe crowdfunding. Nah, it's got to be crowdfunding, doesn't it? Inside Voices is pretty good, but I've not really been talking about Inside Voices that much. It's got to be crowdfunding. Yeah, 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 um, On the way home, <clears throat> good drive, like, you know, stopped a few times at some bakeries and shit, got coffee, whatever, and I saw this one coffee place in Tockenwall that have 4.9. I was like, yeah, go on, we'll go to that. Looked like a nice cafe. We get there. It's not a standalone. It's on the outskirts of Tockenwall in New South Wales just near the border with Victoria and we're driving up and it's not just a cafe, it's a flight museum. <laughs> it's Tockenwall Flight Museum that was um, a uh, an airfield, the biggest airfield in Australia during the Second World War and so we're like, I guess we'll go in there. Yeah, <laughs> like we'll go to the cafe and the cafe was pretty good. It was actually a really good coffee but... Um, yeah, she was just like, oh, it's so wholesome. I was like, yeah, let's go to the fucking flight museum. All right. 15 bucks entry each, go in. And I mean, like, what's a flight museum, you know? Like, there's cool stories and stuff, but I just, it's the history of the town, I guess. The town was, I don't know whether it was a, a town before it was that. It was like a little town, but, you know, I don't know if it had like a primary industry or anything like that. So, this airfield was like a huge part of the town and 
and then it was disbanded after the Second World War. But there are all these planes and stuff in there. But it's like they've really stretched it thin, you know. But they want there to be. I mean, it's obvious they just. It's a cool attraction for the town. It probably brings a few people who are into planes and that kind of stuff. And we just happen to be there, and it's nice to go. But like, there's just not that much stuff there. And so the things that were written about it was very much stuff that if you're really into planes and or, or like warfare or the Second World War, I'm sure you'd be excited about that stuff. But for us who were just like, yeah, let's go see what it is. I'm like, man, I don't care what person commissioned this airfield, you know, 80 years ago. I don't care like who worked there or what it was it just was very like i don't know i wasn't engaged by it at all there were a few big planes there which were really cool like some old planes and stuff i got my photo taken in front of one of these old planes um but even that i couldn't really tell you that much about them oh one of them was the same model of plane that george hw bush flew the senior bush that's kind of cool <laughs> i guess i don't know man um, but hey, not every museum you go to is going to knock your socks off. Some, you got to go to the bad museums and I don't even want to say that it was bad. It's not that it was bad. It's just that I thought it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just bad in my eyes. <laughs> I don't know that I've got that much more to say this week, man, but... I hope you guys are doing good. I really do. I hope you've had a nice week. Please, if you are listening to this and if you're listening now um, and if you're even listening regularly to the podcast, I put out a bunch of free stuff. The podcast every week I put out for free. The um, special that I did last year, I like put out for free, paid for myself. I'm six grand in the hole on this documentary and I'm happy about that because I'm excited about it. I think it's really cool and I, I want it to come out. And uh, if I can't raise the money through crowdfunding, I will just pay for it myself. But I would love to be able to raise the money through crowdfunding. So if you've enjoyed any of the other stuff that I put out for free regularly, um, chuck us a little bit of a donation on um, on the crowdfunder. That'd be really cool. I'd really appreciate it. And watch the trailer, man. Vinny, my editor, is doing amazing work putting this thing together. It's incredible. And uh, I'm so lucky to have someone so experienced and capable working with me on this thing. And Ben, um, who shot everything back in Edinburgh, was such a dream to work with and we got so much great footage. So check out the stuff that's already up there. Chuck us a donation. Um, if you're rich, pay for one of the higher donations and I'll come to your house and do a show or I'll put play some piano for you. And if you've got $1,000, which I'm entirely not expecting anyone to have, I will write you a song on the piano. Check out the crowdfunder. I'll put the link in the bottom of this. And um, this week, I've been listening to the album Catch a Fire by Bob Marley. It's just... it's. I bought it on CD when I was like 15 because everyone has Legend and that's the one my dad had. That's the one everyone knows, you know. It's the, the best of Bob Marley. Well, when I was a kid, I loved that album and I was like, no, nah, I want to get some of the other stuff. So I found Catch a Fire, which is I think his first album that he put out. Can't remember when it was from. Let's have a look here. When was Bob Marley? I think he died in 84. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Let's have a little look here. According to 
Oh, shut up. was a Jamaican singer, musician, and songwriter. Cool. You done? <laughs> Died 81. 45 to 81. Man, he was 37. God damn. 37? 36. 36. That's crazy, isn't that? All right, so catch a fire. Let's go into the Wikipedia. Catch a fire. Discography. Discography. Oh, it wasn't his first at all. Wailing Whalers, Soul Revels. Soul Rebels, Soul Revolution Part 2, The Best of the Whalers, and then Catch a Fire, 1973. Then he had Vernon, Natty Dread, Rustaman Vibration, Rustaman, Rastaman, whatever, Exodus, Kaya, Survival, Uprising, Confrontation. And two live albums as well. Man, so just like a huge back catalogue, and I always was like, what are the other songs? Um, so I bought that when I was, yeah, like 15... And I've done a lot of driving, so I've been looking for stuff to listen to, and something just made my head go to that. And that album, Catch a Fire, is so sick. There's so many good songs on there. But the one, obviously, they took all the best stuff for the best of, because the best one, I think, is still Stir It Up. And I just love, like, the way they sit in the groove, man. Especially, like, the live stuff, it feels like a little more chaotic. But the stuff in the in the studio, it's like there's this, like, cool sexual energy to it he's so i don't know man but they never they never explode they never reach you can always feel the energy is right there bubbling under the surface but they lay so far back on the beat the drums the guitars and everything and they never push the tempo forward so you can feel the energy that's there but they never reach out and grab it you know or they never really go for it and it's like they don't need to they know they don't need to the energy's just right there and marley's just fucking doing all these little whoops and howls and hollers along with the beat and he's a great singer i mean you gotta fucking listen to this album dude i'm telling you bob marley gets such a bad rap because of every stoner loser who has that jamaican flag bob marley's face poster in their bedroom when they're 14 and I, did I have a poster of Bob Marley? I can't remember. But like people have that poster and they don't listen to the music. And so then the music gets like thrown in with like, yeah, it's just those guys or whatever. No, man, it's fucking awesome. It's incredible music. He's such an amazing singer and musician. And these songs are so soulful. And he's almost speaking another language, like the Jamaican Patois. It's like... He sounds so different to any person that you'll meet in your life. Maybe if you live in London or New York or whatever. But it just, it's go fucking listen to this music, man. It deserves to be listened to. I don't think enough people give Bob Marley. He's like on the same level as the Beatles for me. And people fucking love the Beatles. And everyone just writes off Bob Marley as like stoner music. So that's the song for this week. Thank you guys for listening very, very much. I'll chat to you next week. This has been Aiden Jones, sitting under a tree. Peace.
Uh-huh.